welcome to Theatre Club. Um, it's a rare occasion because all four of us are back together again. So, yay! We've got Ruby, Oscar, Alice and myself, Madeline. Um, and today we're going to talk about three shows. We've got coming up The Lost Disc um, at the Soho Theatre, Measure for Measure at the Donmar and Twelfth Night at the Young Vic. Do you want my tip? We want your tip. You're gagging so for it, I can tell. I'm so thirsty. Go, go, go. It's Just quite exciting because, Oscar, you won't even know what this is. <gasps> what? Dun, dun, well, dun. you'll know what it is, but you won't You won't have heard about it yet. Okay. I'm so excited. <gasps> OMG. Because Killian Murphy is going to be in a play at the Barbican. <gasps> be still my beating heart. It's in March and tickets are going on sale. I think they're on sale to members already, but they'll be going on sale very soon, so that's why it's a good tip. And it's based on a book by Max Porter, and the novel is about a family living in London, and their mother's just died, and there's two brothers and a father, and Killian's going to be playing the father, and they're visited by a crow, and this crow kind of embodies their grief and is like a babysitter, but he's not... He's like... Should I, I'll read you the description of what how they what they call the crow. The crow is an antagonist, babysitter, trickster and healer. The sentimental bird is drawn to the grieving family and threatens to stay until they no longer need him. And Max Porter, who wrote the novel, has been to the rehearsals. I read a bit in What's On Stage had an article and he was saying that he's really excited by it and he wasn't sure if it was going to work, but he's, yeah, he's really... Really directing it. Edna Walsh. Nice. So tickets on sale to members now, of which I'm a member, so good. Get on it. Can you get us some? Totes. So so it's on from the 25th of March until the 13th of April. God, we run. Not very long. Two weeks. Mm. Interesting. The Barbican tend to do short things, don't they? Do you want to know the other exciting news? What? Yes. It's an hour and 25 minutes with no interval. Oh, Oh, how do they already know that? Woo! Oh, they already know that. No, they already know that. Because they, yes, they did it a year ago, I believe, in Dublin. Cool. So that's your top tip. So next thing to discuss is Alice and I, unfortunately, Oscar and Ruby couldn't come. But um, this week, Alice and I went to see The Lost Disc at the Soho Theatre. Um, yeah, so. tell us about it. Because I, I sort of, I read the synopsis, part gig, part play, part comedy show. What was it? That really was it in a nutshell, actually. It was uh, part completely. gig, part comedy. You kind of go it. We were like... We went for dinner and drinks beforehand, yeah. didn't we? And it's like cabaret seating downstairs. There's a bar open. It's really informal. Yeah, it starts at half nine as well. So it's quite a late show. And it's about an hour, just under an hour and a half, straight through. Um, and so you go in, and it is. It's kind of cabaret style. And you walk in, there's a kind of all an assortment of instruments on the stage. And you are kind of thinking, is this like a gig? Like, what is this? And we'd purposely try, we just read the wee synopsis. We didn't really read much more about it. And then basically, we kind of, Alice and I were thinking, we don't want to spoil it because a lot of the surprise element is kind of the fact that you're sitting there thinking, this what is the hell is going to go on? This is, and it is, it was, it was at the first 50 minutes, I was thinking, this is fucking mental. Like it was, it was bonkers. But then you're just, you're, you just get on this ride and, and you're, you're going in with it. it. You're in it. It's completely. so like Fear Loathing Las Vegas. They're yeah. sort of in a car. They've got a tambourine and that's a steering wheel. That somebody's just shot someone, you know, and you're like, this is, we're on a journey here. It's crazy. So essentially the story is that there's a band in the background and then a sort of bedraggled um, music journalist comes out who we thought was hot. And he's basically telling the tale of, he's trying to find a lost disc. So there's a lost recording that's been made by three musicians 
who are fictional. I don't want to say much more than that. No. And then basically then he just tells the story of how he thinks this lost disc, this track was made by these musicians and you find out the story of these musicians. And they're all legends. Yeah. So they have music, other music journalists come on to talk about this time that they saw them playing somewhere and they have, yeah. you know, their family come on. So you get a real idea of these three musicians mm-hmm. and then at the end it's how they're all connected. He figures it all out. Yeah. It's a bit mm-hmm. of a legend. Yeah. It's a, it's so fun. And that's it's when Alice and they come out, what's actually happening is the members of the band are getting up. So it's like, oh, the guy was playing the bass is now pretending to be someone. And there's not elaborate costumes. The costumes are basically, they change their hats and glasses and it's different glass. And that in itself was hilarious. And at one point I was thinking, are they going to like get mixed up with the glasses or something? But it, all of that, it was, that was really clever. And their accents were so good. They're jumping between being one of the, one guy was being sort of Italian. Then he was sort of from Brooklyn. Then he was from Ireland. And he was, it was, wasn't that amazing? They were jumping between different and the girl, guises. Oh, the girl. We oh, loved her. What's her name? We should name her. Victoria Elliott. Oh, Victoria Elliott. She could play, what instrument was that she was playing? Oh my God. I don't actually. Christ, it's, a little, it's like a little it's like a sort of tra- a banjo um, no it was like it's got loads of, almost like a sitar oh like oh, yes. what Dolly Parton plays yeah what is that called I know what you mean it's like a, a kind of box with this sort of string like a sitar yeah but it, it was and she's playing that and she's singing her voice was beautiful and then she can do amazing accents as well yeah and pretend to be different what people what was the music like the live music. Well, it's all it's all they've kind of made it up, and the live music was great because there's these three different musicians whose paths they're kind of following and story they're telling. These three musicians are from very different genres, so you're getting quite a mixture. And we, I don't want to say what they were because that's kind of part of the story, don't you think? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. But then, so it's quite a different eclectic mix of music that mm-hmm. you're getting as well. You guys oh, look I looking wish I like could have come. you guys look like we're mad. No, no, on, no, no, honestly, was, I think it sounds well, great. Well, it's hard to... It, is, it does sound great. Yeah, it's hard it to sound bonkers. It sounds like, have you met well, somebody it's in hard. a pub? to follow, isn't it, one of those stories, because you're kind of trying to... I can imagine the space, Yeah, because I've been down there, um, and I can sort of, you know, they do most of their... I mean, most of their shows are comedy or, yeah. you know, little one-hour pieces. They tend to do stuff that's quite sort of sketchy. Mm-hmm. I really love the really love the Soho Theatre. I yeah, was there a couple it, of weeks ago, actually, seeing this comedian. Um, and it's Tim the downstairs Walker. space where we saw Lady Bunny. Lady Bunny. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God, I've forgotten we'd seen her there. Yeah, that, was that was amazing. So um, um, it's what we also thought was really interesting about it was it was a really lovely, eclectic crowd. Didn't you? There was quite, like, young people, there was older people. And what we said at the end was, I said to Alice, I said, my God, your mum would love that. She really would. She would just love that the most. And we sort of said, we were like, if you have parents who are in their 60s, who remember the 60s, get them to this show. They'll love it. And they'll love you for taking them. Yeah? Yeah, bang on the money. And how long is it on for? So it's on from now until the 27th of October so basically the whole of this month oh great so we've got a couple of weeks and it's cheap the tickets are only £16 going up to £20 depending on where you sit which table you sit at and I think if you went and had a few drinks beforehand and I like the fact that you can drink throughout it because it is a bit wild so it is it is good to be part of it and treat it as a night out speaking of drinks ooh Everyone, cheers. cheers. So this is called The Lost Drink. Mm. 
Um, and it is basically, this is the first time we've had whiskey on the podcast. I'm not really a whiskey drinker. So this is the 808 Scotch. Yep. Um, which is a new brand. Yep. Made so. in Edinburgh, like I was. Really? Yeah. And me. Yes. Um, it's a sensation. This drink so, is delicious, hun. It's it Scotch. Lovely. Um, sherry, like medium dry sherry. Okay. Uh, Cointreau, like a triple sec orange liqueur. And orange bitters, stirred mm. on ice. And you did something a... fancy with oranges. What did you do? Oh, I also squeezed some like mandarin juice into each glass, and then you tip it out, and then you freeze the glass. So it's got like a slight orangey kick to it. Mm. I like great. it. I'm not usually whiskey, but the whiskey taste is quite subdued. It's a really, it's um, it's got really nice kind of spiciness. I think from the whiskey and probably like the orange as well. Like it feels quite wintry and yeah. the sherry i can't remember the type of sherry it is but this type of sherry is supposed to be like a nuttier savory mm. style sherry i'm not but feeling think... very well so i think this is medicinal for me it yeah. is yeah, yeah. Mm. do you like my glasses guys i yeah, these love are the glasses. aren't they nice check you out just, our instagram yeah. account and you'll see them there <laughs> yeah one of these, these vintage before, one of these yeah, cocktails vintage. before going to see lost disc i think would set you up oh it yeah. would properly. you'd be whooping yeah. take them more. in your flask yeah. <laughs> Freeze it in the freezer with some mandarin juice. No, just have this at home before you head out. We do not condone taking drink into auditoriums. <laughs> right, let's talk about what we went to see last night, which was Twelfth Night at the Young Vic. Madeleine, you couldn't come. I couldn't come, afraid. Oh, I'm dying out. to hear a telltale. So you this... would have loved it. <gasps> I would have loved it. Yeah. I was thinking that as it finished. The minute actually. we walked in, my heart leapt. It was there was like all the cast on stage already. <gasps> Dancing, wearing really cool clothes, walking around before while we were all in our seats. Look the on the Instagram, like a, um, like a street scene. So they've set it. Um, it's meant to be like the build up to Notting Hill Carnival. So it's got this London street, and they've got the stage. Is what's the technical term thrust. for it? A thrust stage. Ooh. So it comes out into the middle of the auditorium, and so they're sort of they're along a bit like a catwalk, nice. basically. And then they've done the perspective on the set really well, so it goes sort of down these streets on either side of it and they've got all the bunting up and they're all wearing like bright costumes and so modern just... day yes yeah. yeah so this is um kwame kwe amar who is the new artistic director this is his first show at the young vic but he's he did that he did the show in collaboration with the nyc public theater back in 2016 and then this year they did it in central park as an outdoor production and that version, I saw some pictures, they had done the set to look more like sort of Little Havana or something. Okay. Kind of things. So they've sort of tailored it to London a lot. And yeah, it's a really cut down version of Twelfth Night. It's an hour and a half straight through. So they've chopped a lot of the story down and they've boiled it down to the kind of the essence of the, the sort of the joy of the of that yeah. sort of play. But what's really clever about it is because it's a musical version. So the bits that they've chopped out of the story, some of them are told through songs so they've sort of lost some of the Shakespearean verse and then they have these musical numbers that kind of tell you what's going and on and the musical was... numbers are like pop songs yeah they're very yeah. Hamilton-esque I love that yeah but they also use Shakespeare's blank verse within them as like the chorus they'll like repeat parts of the verse and then they'll also add lyrics as a kind of a girl group that come on and advance the story. They sort of say, uh, you know, what was that song? Like Word on the Street yeah and then they push the story a bit further forward for us and explain it because it's a lot of the sister arrives, she thinks her brother's dead, so she pretends to be him. She then becomes the servant to someone who she's then falling in love with. He's falling in love with someone else. He wants her slash him to go and woo this person. 
she's falling in love with him while the person he's supposed to be wooing is falling in love with him slash her. So it's one of those. Yeah, oh my God, that's those good. That things. was amazing. That was, <laughs> I mean, literally nailed it. That's, that's like what happened. Yeah. But it's a lot of that. But this production really, that what they wanted to highlight, where they've lost maybe some of the darker elements, I guess, that are in there with Malvolio, perhaps. Mm. They've really just doubled down on the like the joy and the romance. Of the I piece. thought it was just an absolute riot from start to finish. I loved it. It was. They had a just... tap dancing routine halfway <gasps> yeah. through, and everyone came out in, in in aprons that had diamante ties on, and and once someone tap danced, Malvolio, fabulous, yeah. And, and actually, all... there were just so many Malvolio was played. I wrote it down. Who played him? Oh, yeah, what was he called? Oh, Gerard Carey. Yeah, he was so good. He's so, so good. There's this bit where he comes out on, like, a Segway and stuff, and it yeah, was, he was really, really funny. He's a proper musical theatre. He was in um, Half Sixpence. Oh. Do you remember at the end, Flashbang Wallop, he was the photographer that was, like, prancing around all <laughs> yeah. drunk, leading that song. So he was really... Re- he reminds me a bit of the guy who plays Toast on Toast of London. Totally, yeah. Um, and then the main actress... Um, Gabrielle Brooks, or Gabrielle Brooks, who plays Viola, her oh voice was so... You know, one you of those ever, voices. You know you... Cynthia Revo, who did Colour Purple? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Her voice, you know, when you hear that and the arms and your... Total goosebumps. Oh, when yes, she was singing, I was like, she's a star. There's a star. We're watching a star right now. Yeah, clear, Yeah, how old sweet. is she? She's I quite think young. she's quite young. Yeah. From what I've read, because she hasn't been in the massive... She had an album out, I'd buy it. I'd listen to wow. it in the car. Yeah, she had a beautiful voice. Really clear. She could have been in... Yeah, she's like a modern day pop. She had a very like modern pop Whitney Houston, yeah, like amazing voice. Yeah, but really amazing. sweet. You know that what I mean? Like a sweet voice. Really, I loved it. Yeah. So I how the long... songs were really good. Yeah, and the whole just... production's kind of about like inclusivity. So obviously it's the um, Notting Hill Carnival. They've got all the flags of the different nationalities kind of hanging in the auditorium, and then as well as the core cast, there's a whole sort of ex- there's about thirty people in the cast, and there's a whole sort of extra cast of people of all ages going up to like people in their 70s and 60s I was who like, were like it really made me really emotional when I was oh. watching people that are like grandmas that are in it yeah in and it. they're just sort of there and they kind of come on the big street scenes when they're all singing they come in or they come out to the audience and they kind of give it this whole communal I had communal tears in my eyes I, did have, I was really yeah, emotional I felt really emotional oh my god I thought it was just me because I was no. starting to get ill no Honestly, I was going to cry and then I thought, yeah. I can't cry again because I cried at the theatre with the Oscar the other day and I was like, it's going to be a thing. But I honestly, <laughs> at the end, it was so uplifting and heartbreaking. Yeah, it I was. I was like, oh. I was properly. Yeah. yeah. Is that it a long production, up. interval, straight through? No, straight through an hour and a half. Oh, it nice. It was lovely. It's so good. Honestly, go it's and It's a really it. great start for him as an artistic director. And yeah. if that's what his mission statement is about inclusivity, also the cast being of so many different backgrounds, you know, it's not just like your classic Shakespeare all white people yeah it's it's got just this really inclusive feel and just like yeah you're right it was everybody the, end, in was the really audience emotional. was i was watching because we were set up on the balcony yeah. right at the sides 10 pound seats and it was because the whole thing's really light you can see people's faces through the whole thing i was looking at other people's faces and people were just beaming yeah there was one real, thing real, i would feel good I just want to. You just want to take schools. I hope. Obviously, I'm sure they'll be doing the young Vic do a lot of outreach yeah. kind of things. I hope like young kids will see it because yeah. you, often when you pare things down like that and make the musical whatever for maybe the benefit of younger people, it loses something. Whereas this just kind of condensed what's good about Twelfth Night and I makes think it, it really totally accessible. Something to it as well because you know I've seen Twelfth Night done quite a lot of times. I don't know how many times. It's a, you know it's a, it is a really good play. It's 
got great comedy in it. Yeah. It's got a great love story. But actually, it's just so refreshing to see it done in a different way. And I just thought it was so clever the way that they weave the songs in with it. Do you know what's funny is that this girl in my office was like, what are you going to see tonight? And I said, we're seeing Twelfth Night tonight. And she went, mm, don't really like Shakespeare. She said, I'm going to the theatre too. I said, oh, what are you seeing? She said, I'm seeing that one woman show Dust. You know, the one that's had loads of amazing reviews and yeah. it's come from Edinburgh Fringe and it's about a woman that's committed suicide, I think. Yes, yes. And then we went in the next day and I was like, how's your show? And she's like, hmm... Yeah, it was, you know, she thought it was obviously a bit depressing, nothing. And I was like, well, mine was amazing. It was so uplifting. It was so fun. And I think she had sort of thought, oh, it's Shakespeare. So yeah. I'm into it. But, and I usually f- I do actually find it really confusing. But I would just recommend this to anybody. Yeah, Great. It, was, it was really, really, really good. So, so I definitely think you should go and see how it. How long's it on for? Am I going to make it? Yeah, it's on until November 17th. Oh, good. Right. So yeah, nice, absolutely. It's a good long run. And I really, really would recommend it. So everybody get down to the Young Vic, see the 12th night, it's on until the 17th of November. Fab. Right, what's next? Well, we also went to see some other Shakespeare. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we've had a Shakespeare week. Uh, We went to see Measure for Measure at the Donmar Warehouse. Um, And this, they've also done a bit of a kind of... It's not exactly a reimagining of it, but what they've done is they've they've condensed it down as well. So the first half is like a sort of speeded up version of the play yeah an hour and a half was it yeah an hour yeah and a half i think so um and so they've obviously sort of chopped out some of the some of the sort of preamble and whatever and just sort of given you the the essence of it and and then it then there's this big kind of twist where they switch around the genders of the main characters oh and put it into the modern day and and then basically redo it. Yeah, so after oh, the interval, God. No, that sounds a after bit... the interval, you watch the whole show again. Oh, see, no, I'd, I'd be like, and for that reason, I'm out. Well, I said to mum, I'm going home. Oh, fuck, did D- you? Didn't get down very well. No. Did you go? No. She wouldn't let me. Oh. No, we had to stay. Um, cause I, <laughs> I was t- like, I've seen it. Why do I want to go in again? Well, we talked about this on the podcast a while back. I remember saying, when we said, oh, we're going to book it, when the booking first came out, and I wanted to see it because I like Hayley Atwell, the main actress, and the idea of the gender swap thing at the time, it was just billed as, like, the two lead roles will be switched or something. Whereas I didn't realise they were going to do the two time settings each half and redo the whole play one after the other. And for me, it's just... When they did it the second time through, I was thinking, okay, this could be interesting. What are they going to do? How it wasn't massively different. Was the second half? Was it things like, and now they're on mobile phones and texting? Yes, was it that? And yes. they did it too but... much. It didn't work for me. You know, when they're in the court and all the um, like the prostitutes from the first one that was sort of in the gallery, they were all coming up and doing selfies. And I thought you wouldn't do that in a court. I didn't understand. It wasn't realistic. I haven't thought about it since the minute we walked out of the auditorium. It made absolutely no mark on me whatsoever. I've forgotten we'd gone, to be honest. Well, I, I thought... we'd been. Yeah. See, I actually... So I disagree, because I fa- it's not a play that I know. And I found the first... The first half... Around. The first run-through, I actually found it really interesting. I thought it was yeah, a really interesting story. It's about sort of the abuse of power and sex... And, you know... Yeah, it's all very prevalent. And even though the first half was set at the time of its first ever performance, 1604, you still got, oh, those are the, those are the, those are the things that are still prevalent today. It still had all those moments. Yeah. And I thought Hayley Atwell was brilliant. 
Um, and I just sort of, yeah, I think because I didn't know the story, I was quite gripped by it. And, and I was sort of intrigued to see what they were going to do with it. Yeah. And I then just, I was just really disappointed. I just, I got everything I needed from the first half. Me I got too. all the modern day stuff. I saw how it was relevant to Trump and all the stuff that's going on. So when they did it all through again, I thought, well, what's the point? Is it that, oh, women can abuse power too, or women can be sexual predators? Didn't make any, I just, what was the point of the mm. second bit? Yeah, there wasn't one. I think if I'd left in the interval, I would have enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. recommend people go watch Act One and then have Just an early finish. Because you have see dinner. the cool like Is switch it still on? bit. Yeah, it's on until um, November twenty fourth, so it's a long, a long run. They always Don shows always are. They run for a couple of months. But I just don't... I'd be interested... The reviews are coming out tomorrow as of this record. So I'm going to be really interested to see what the reviewers mm. thought of it. Because maybe for some people it will really work and they'll be like, oh, the second half showed... But for me... No. No. Well, Let's all just, in all, then, not... we're just saying, I mean... Avoid the Donmar. Well, I'm done I, with the Donmar. I'm done I with feel, it. I feel... That is exactly how I feel. I'm done I with feel it. like everything that I've seen there in the last few months, I haven't really enjoyed. I quite liked Miss Jean Brody. But, you know, I wouldn't have been upset if I missed it. We left the way of the world. Aristocrats was really boring. This was interesting for an hour and a half. And then the the other hour and 15 minutes was entirely unnecessary in my mind. It's just been a bit hit and miss. Belleville was... Quite good. Yeah, that's quite a that. long time ago, though, wasn't it? That was it? a long time ago. He, the guy who directed that, actually, is so Josie Walk has been the artistic director at the Don Mar for the last few years. Well, quite a long time, actually. I think mm-hmm. she's leaving, and the guy who directed Belleville, who's called Michael Longhurst. Thank I've got you, my Sing glamorous assistant. Uh, he's taking over in March next year, and he also directed Carolina Change, which you guys loved. And that is when I will go back to the Donmar. So I'm, I think yeah. that we should give it another go when he does his yeah. new season. It's which... funny because her some of her earlier things, like the all female Shakespeare, she did got a very good reception, and um, the one that we the one that got away, City of Angels. I wish I'd seen oh. there. That was supposed to be fantastic. That was under her artistic directorship. But just lately, we've had a couple of misses, and it's kind of it has soured. I felt my... like this season has been quite boring. It has been a bit overall. Boring. It's yeah. just been kind of stuff that's quite sort of well, com- slow and you know, yeah, not young very Vic, theatrical. And yeah, compared like, to the young bit, like the inheritance, um, yeah, fabulous fun home, yeah, the jungle, yeah. Um, you know, this that's hit, all hit, been hit, that's hit, been hit, 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 hit. Yeah. and the way that um, Kwame has started his his um, yeah. tenure there definitely seems like they're carrying on in that direction yeah so last night makes me think i totally want to go and see everything whatever's on next at the young vic Um, i'm gonna wait until next year you you feel similarly i feel very similarly about the almeida and their output recently it's i've i've left fizzing i would say is the best word of most of the past three things i've seen there the writer i hated lies Oh, we all know I you need lies. to know a new word for hate. That for wasn't, how much in their I defense, that wasn't their show, but they did program. But it they into programmed their season, it. Yes. Rupert Gould is the um, artistic director there at the moment, and then Dance well, Nation. Yes. What did you think of that? Because we discussed that without you last time. I hated time. it. Did you? I just. I, I know. I, I really was like, I, but I'm. I was surprised that you thought I'd like it in a way. When it started, again, I'd done that sort of classic, because I always try and do that with Elmida. I try not know really what's going on. I don't want to know about the shows or go in blind. And I just was like, 
oh my god if the, I, I i was thinking if this is what this is i'm irritated already if this is oh. adults pretending to be children and for the first 10 minutes i'm thinking please don't be that please don't be that please oh no it is that i hate it and i didn't think very i didn't think a lot of them were good enough i didn't think the cast was strong enough oh, so i, thought, I thought the staging was terrific i thought the mirrors at the back and them changing yeah. and moving then suddenly there's like they're fucking wolves and there's a fucking oh, I vampire it bullshit was so, I thought it was, it was like this twilight undertones i hated it <laughs> uh, but i just it's what i felt at the almeida is because it is such a quiet polite crowd i sometimes in almeida i'll just close my eyes and i'll just 40 winks. I'm not saying, I'm not doing a proper snooze, mm. but I'll just have a little closing of my eyes and I drift away and then I jo- rejoin it and I think nothing much has happened. It's, and it's, that's kind of it. And I feel there, that's, I'm surprised because I really, I like it. It's a good location for us. Yeah, we all live in East London. Um, you loved Ink. You loved Mary I Stewart. I I love yeah, I was just going to say, I, th- I think that actually, I, I did really like Dance Nation, but I think when I think of the shows at the Almeida that I really, really loved, you remember when we saw Merchant of Venice? That was a few years oh, ago. Yeah, that yeah. was just incredible. And which Richard was it? Richard that, III um, with Rafe. Yeah, that um, was awesome. Oh my God, that was terrific. Amazing. No, the best thing was with the, the other Shakespeare show that they did with Moriarty from. Um... That was Merchant of Venice. No. no, no, no. No, I don't think I saw this. And it, and it transferred to the West End. Come oh, on. Hamlet. Hamlet. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Oh, oh with, with Adam that Scott. amazing yeah. Adam, uh, Andrew, Andrew Scott. Andrew Scott. Yeah. yeah. That was sensational. Yeah, maybe so it has it's gone kind of, off a bit. It has bit, gone off. I feel like the Dunmar, I guess. Yeah. They both kind of had some better boil. stuff yeah. last year, but. Exactly. I like, Compared to those, nothing that I've seen there this year no. has like hit that. I like Dance Nation, but I'm a big Dance Mums fan. And do you know when I, I did s- like Dance Nation? Do you know when I when I was talking about it and I said, you know, they do the routine about Gandhi, and I yeah. might know they do. I watched Dance Mums this morning while I was having my toast, and her dance this morning was um, the theme is it's called Amber Alert, so it's about paedophiles. So oh my it's god! Like a load of twelve year old girls doing a dance called Amber Alert. That's so these, <laughs> it, I mean, it was. So for me, I was like, oh, this is just perfectly combining my two loves. Yeah, yeah I did. But yeah. but yeah, I can see why you're going. Uh, but Simon Russell Beale, I, I think he's going to save the day. I, I, I hope so. What's that show, hun? It's called The Tragedy of Richard II. Oh, okay. it's Richard II, I think. They just need to go back to Shakespeare, clearly. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe they it's do that. Good Shakespeare. I don't know, maybe it's so like those were not... all Rupert I mean, Bill directed, I think, those Shakespeare. You're but lucky also... you didn't see the Ben Whishaw thing, where he played that millionaire who went around the world doing, I can't remember what that was called, Against, it was called, I think. That was, that was pretty goddamn awful. Yeah. And I love Ben Whishaw. <laughs> the back eye that we saw him in oh, a few yeah. years ago, that was amazing. That was really good. So yeah, they've gone off the boil. I think that the Almeida, I would, I will... I'll, I'll look on the website. I'll see what's coming up. Yeah, the Simon Russell Beale thing. We'll get tickets for it. It is a beautiful space. It's a lovely theatre, but I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's leaving me cold just now, I think. And That's actually quite, yeah. I've, I've enjoyed some of the shows, but cold. Dance Nation was cold. Like, they mm. have been quite cold shows, actually. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Summer and Smoke, though, I think you should go and see at the West End. Oh, Summer and Smoke, we really liked that. We did, yeah. I would go see that again, maybe, in the West End. That had such atmosphere. I'd be interested to see how they would state how, if it would be different staging. I'd loved Ink so much at the Almeida, and then saw that in the West End. And again, loved it, but not as much as I'd loved it at the Almeida, because uh, yeah. the staging was so intimate and perfect. I think everything, basically, is better in a small space somehow. Yeah. 
really everything yeah. like i wish i'd seen hamilton at its original off broadway like mm. everything in a small space i think you just can't beat it unless it's maybe like chess at the eno oh. in which case the vastness of the space the massive screens the huge band the chorus <laughs> that's what that. made that show so ridiculous and it so makes fantastic me laugh just thinking about it <laughs> so as you're laughing and reflecting we've got some sad news um for our podcast listeners going forward is Ruby is leaving us. She's just for a wee while, though. She's very, very exciting, going travelling around the world. I'm taking um, a career break. A little friend. career break, <laughs> exactly. But she will rejoin us. But we just wanted to ask you, Ruby, tell us, what do you think, if you're looking back on this year in theatre, give us some of your highlights. So, I would say, I think... I think my all-time highlight of this year, and actually it's right where we started this podcast... <gasps> is Hamilton. Oh, God. Obviously. Like, nothing... Nothing. Nothing that else that I've seen this year has beaten that, really, just for kind of... It's just perfect. Yeah. It's just absolutely perfect. I've and never actually, seen you smile so widely for so... Like, so yeah. when we left, I just... I remember you were glowing. You yeah. loved it. I did absolutely love it. And when I come back from my travels, I'm determined to go and see it again. I'm ready to see it again. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that if you're buying tickets be, yes. while I'm away, get me one. That'll be your return present. Yeah. Um, and and then the other thing that actually I was thinking about again the other day, which is sort of like completely the opposite, but I think the sort of small theatre show that's really stuck with me the most this year is one that I saw without any of you at the Hampstead Theatre called The Phlebotomist. Oh, yeah. And I talked about it on this podcast. It was about this whole idea of this blood test that would... Um, that would kind of predict predict your future in terms of your health. And in fact, the reason why I was thinking about it the other day was because I was reading this story in the newspaper, which is about this blood test that they've just come up with, with which can predict whether you're going to have get cancer or something like that. And I sent it to Linda, our friend that I went with, being like, it's happening! <laughs> um, and it was just... It was in really, really tiny studio space, and it wasn't perfect, but... It was just really clever writing. It was the the debut play of a female playwright, I think. can't remember her name right now. But that was something that really stuck with me this year. If there had been any show, what have you really hated? I know we've talked about sort of disappointing things, but has there been anything that's been like, what's been the, mo- like the most awful thing that you've seen? You've been I like... think it is Way of the World at the Donmar. That it we was, do you know what? It was just everything about that night was wrong. It was a Friday night. Mm. It was hot. It was summer. I just remember being like, we didn't even talk about it on the podcast. Or no, was a surprise we just people. blanked it out. It was a restoration. <laughs> it was a restoration comedy, and the actors were all good. It was just so. Oh, it was it just was, such a downer. Like it was just. It's just yeah, so. There was just something. Just, no, it was really that. It, like it was really cold. It's like that kind of that restoration comedy thing where it's all surface, it's all kind of clever, like tongue twisting, you know, that I just don't care about. And it was just dead boring. It wasn't directed interestingly. There were no interesting bits of stage work, like no, nothing you thought. No, it was traditional Ooh. costume. He walks in, she walks out, they stand on the stage, they talk. Yuck. It, yeah. was, it was rubbish. It was really bad. Is there anything when you're away that you know is coming up that you're going to miss that you feel like... That you're like, oh, I wish I wasn't going. So the thing is, I've got two weeks left before I go. And the thing that I'm really going to try and get to see is Company, which opens (gasps) next week. With Paola Pone. Yes, reading an interview with her in The Guardian today. And she just sounds so fucking cool. And 
if I don't get to see that, I will I will be really upset. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. But I don't know. You. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything else. I mean, I you won't know till you're away and you listen to the podcast. I know, and then I'll be like, somewhere oh my in God. South America, and you'll be like, that sounds all amazing. Yeah. I hope you can find some uh, region, you know, some theatre out in South America somewhere. If you see anything, like if you're in it somewhere long enough and there's a show on, please go see it and send us like a Me review. Too. Need to Over keep doing seas. that Duolingo app and brush up on my Spanish. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, that's true. It probably will be in Spanish. report back from the field. I will. I can see some flamenco dancing. That doesn't require words. What I'm more excited about is that you might be taking over the mantle of cocktail maker when you return because you'll hopefully come back with lots of <gasps> inspirational drink yeah, ideas bring us for back us. A drink or two. Absolutely. If yeah. I could send that, something I could definitely send you would be cocktail recipes. Yeah. That would be cool. And alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Just send it in the post. Yeah. <laughs> Just send a crate of something when you're on your travels. Yeah, that won't cost much, will no. it? <laughs> That's all. You can pay the import duties. How about that? Do. <laughs> so on that note, we've all got a little tiny sprinkling of alcohol left. We're just going to do a little Drain cheers. Drain the oh, Here's to you, Ruby. Here's to, Ruby. Here's to Ruby having a wonderful time. She'll I will be, so be listening. Missed. Let's travels. drink to the four of us. Bye. Tomorrow there'll be, be one less of us. Well, yeah, one less of us. <laughs> Thank you so much for all your amazing chat, hun. We'll miss you desperately. When and are you back? Just so I let guys, the listeners Guys, it's four months. Too. We're acting like she's going four for two months. years. Hun, it's ages. Four months is a long time. Really I'm back on the 26th of February, 2019. Oh, that's fine. Okay, cool. Well, you'll be back in time for... Um, six is transferring to the West End, so you yes, can see that can in January. Yes, six again. And also, Michael Longhurst will just be about to start the Donmar, so we can, we can get back into the Donmar when you get back. Yeah. So, next time on the podcast, we're going to talk about Heather's the Musical, which is at um, Haymarket Theatre. We're talking about The Mythic, which is on at Charing Cross Theatre. And hopefully company. Oh, yeah, and company, yes. If we make it and we'll report back whether or not we managed to drag Ruby there with her backpack or not. Until then, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast and on Twitter at Theatre Club Pod. You can see a picture and recipe for the lost cocktail that we made this week and keep up to date with all our theatre goings on. And thank you to 808 for the whiskey that we are imbibing right now. I'm going to have more. Bye. 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 Sponsored by 808.